0: Hello, this is Dr. Ed Hill, host of This Week in the Word, where we grow in our knowledge of the Word of God and our walk with Christ. I'm glad you found our podcast. Today, we are continuing a series called What's Next? And that's not stated as a question. It is simply a statement. What's next in terms of Bible prophecy? And we're going to look at not only history, but current events and the future. So I hope you have a Bible handy. I think it will be very helpful today if you have that. Some of you may not ordinarily have it with you, but if you could find a Bible or go to Bible Gateway and follow along there, I think that'll be very, very useful to you. We're going to be in the book of Daniel, the prophet Daniel, and we're going to look at chapters 10, 11, and 12, which are... our our one prophecy, one event here from chapter 10 all the way to chapter 12. Jesus Christ Superstar was the first rock opera. It was written and performed first as an album in 1970, and then as a play in 71, and then as a film in 73 during the Jesus People era. And though it had some truth and a whole lot of error, lost people were openly talking about and deciding about Jesus Christ, which everybody has to do. You don't get a pass on Jesus Christ. True that. Now, another superstar is predicted and coming, and everybody will decide then too. And yes, there will be a rock opera welcome for him as well. Daniel, the prophet, is given a panoramic Prophetic vision that covers 2,500 years um, ago, it was given, but it, it goes into eternity. So you could say that it covers 2,500 years at least into uh, human history. Chapter 11 is so detailed that unbelieving scholars, I put quote marks around that, rejected his prophecy, and they say it has to be history written after the events. Insert crickets here. You remember in the movie Jaws when Chief Brody says, you're going to need a bigger boat. (laughs) These scholars need a bigger God. But people can't predict the future with 100% accuracy, Pastor Ed that's the point. This is supernatural. It's beyond natural ability to do this. God gave Daniel the prophetic vision. Duh. All right, let's go to Daniel 10, Daniel chapter 10. What I'm going to do, since we have so many verses to cover here, is I'm going to just start reading in a moment, and I will make some comments as I read through. That's why it will be handy for you to have a Bible nearby so you can see where, you know, where the scripture is and where I may be inserting a comment. Daniel chapter 10. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a thing was revealed unto Daniel. So now you know that Daniel has lived through the Babylonian kingdom. They had been conquered by Persia, and now Daniel is serving Under a new king in a completely new kingdom. So Daniel not only was taken exile from his home country of Israel and Jerusalem, but taken captive to Babylon, but now that kingdom has fallen, and Daniel is in a completely new environment, a new prophetic battle space, if you will. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a thing was revealed unto Daniel whose name was called Belteshazzar. And the thing was true, but the time appointed was long. And he understood the thing and had understanding of the vision. And so now Daniel is going to recount this vision. Verse 2 In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. So Daniel is really getting intense and seeking the Lord. And it may be because Ezra, the priest, had already taken a group back to Jerusalem. To begin to rebuild the city and and eventually the temple would be rebuilt but man they were being opposed so maybe daniel was really mourning about that in those days i daniel was mourning three full weeks i ate no pleasant bread neither came flesh nor wine in my mouth neither did i anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled now friends that's serious And in the four and twentieth day of the first month, as I was by the side of the great river, which is Hedekal, and that would be the Tigris River, then I lifted up mine eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man clothed in linen, whose loins were girded with fine gold of euphaz, His body was also like the beryl, and his face as the appearance of lightning, and his eyes as lamps of fire, and his arms and his feet like in color to polished brass, and the voice of his words like the voice of a multitude. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision, for the men that were with me saw not the vision, but a great quaking fell upon them, so that they fled to hide themselves Therefore, I was left alone and saw this great vision, and there remained no strength in me, for my comeliness was turned in me into corruption, and I retained no strength. Yet heard I the voice of his words, and when I heard the voice of his words, then was I in a deep sleep on my face, and my face toward the ground. And behold, an hand touched me, which set me upon my knees and upon the palms of my hands. And he said unto me, O Daniel, a man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak unto thee, and stand upright, for unto thee am I now sent. And when he had spoken this word unto me, I stood trembling. Then said he unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God. Thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty days. But lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, and I remained there with the kings of Persia. Now here in verse 13, we have a little bit of insight into the angelic world where this i believe it's an angel daniel's speaking with here he says that he had to do battle with this other uh this prince of persia and i believe that would be i think it most likely means the angelic force that was in charge of trying to use persia to harm the jewish people so this angel had this battle and Michael, uh, that one of the chief princes, it says, stood with him and helped fight that battle. Now, I can't explain why it took all those days, but Daniel didn't give up praying and the answer came. Isn't that great? Don't stop praying. That's the lesson we get out of there. So, so he says... um, Let's see, and he said unto me, O Daniel, the man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak unto thee, and stand upright, for unto thee am I now sent. And when he had spoken this word unto me, I stood trembling. Then said he unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand, and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty days. But, lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, and I remained there with the kings of Persia. Now I am come to make thee understand what shall befall thy people. Now, who who were, who was the people of Daniel? Well, it would be the Jewish people, all right? Now I am come to make thee understand what shall befall thy people in the latter days, for yet the vision is for many days. And when he had spoken such words unto me, I set my face toward the ground, and I became dumb. And behold, one like the similitude of the sons of men touched my lips. Then I opened my mouth and spake, and said unto him that stood before me, O oh my Lord, by the vision of my sorrows are turned upon me. And I have have retained no strength verse 17 for how can the servant of this my lord talk with this my lord for as for me straightway there remained no strength in me neither is there breath left in me then there came again and touched me one like the appearance of a man and he strengthened me you know we don't have to be strong on our own we only have to lean into jesus and operate in his strength, right? That's what Daniel is showing right here. Verse 19, And said, O man, greatly beloved, fear not, peace be unto thee, be strong, yea, be strong. And when he has spoken unto me, I was strengthened, and said, Let my Lord speak, for thou hast strengthened me. Then said he, Knowest thou, wherefore I come unto thee? And now will I return to fight with the prince of Persia, and when I am gone forth, lo, the prince of Grisha shall come. But I will show thee which is noted in the scripture of truth. And there is none that holdeth with me in these things but Michael your prince. And we know from Jude verse 9 and in Revelation 12 that Michael is an angel who in particular Defends the Jewish people. So, verse twenty-one goes right into chapter eleven. So let's read it, and and I won't stop, okay? But I will show thee that which is noted into in the scripture truth, and there is none that with, that holdeth with me in these things, but Michael, your prince. Also, I in the first year of Darius the Mede even I stood to confirm and to strengthen him so I think this angel is saying that when Darius or Darius the Mede which either was literally a king by that name that we're unaware of or it could have been a title for Cyrus like you know Pharaoh's had that was a title and then it was their name well that may have been true here Anyway, whoever Darius or Darius the Mede the king was, this angel worked in his life for the good of the Jewish people. Do you follow that? You know, we see how politics ebb and flow and we've seen some entirely crazy things lately. Well, hey, there's angelic and demonic activity behind all of that, seeking to influence events for or against the people of God. Now just know that. Verse uh, 2 of chapter 11. Now we're going to see a king named Ahasuerus, and you know him better as Xerxes. He is the king that Queen Esther was married to. You remember that? And she revealed a plot by Haman to exterminate the Jewish people, and Xerxes took out Haman. Verse 2 And now I will show thee the truth Behold there shall stand up yet Three kings in Persia And the fourth Shall be far richer Than they all And by his strength Through his riches He shall stir up all Against the realm of Greece So this was Xerxes Now we see Alexander the Great And by the way, what I just read in verse 2 happened exactly as this is written. So now we go to verse 3, and we're going to see the introduction of the king that we know as Alexander the Great. And a mighty king shall stand up that shall rule with great dominion and do according to his will. And Alexander certainly was like that because he became king at 20 years of age appointed by his father, Philip of Macedon. And within 12 years, this is a complete world record, within 12 years he conquered the known world as it related to God's nation of Israel. And he died at the age of 32. But while he was alive, he rampaged across the Near East, the Middle East. Verse four, and when he shall stand up, his kingdom shall be broken and shall be divided toward the four winds of heaven and not to his posterity, nor according to his dominion, which he ruled, for his kingdom shall be plucked up even for others beside those. The descendants of Alexander the Great were all taken out. (laughs) They were all killed. And the kingdom that he had, had amassed went over time to his four generals. And you can go to a couple of sites I'm going to mention right here. One is TorahClass.com, great site, and the other is BibleTrack.org. At BibleTrack.org is a chart. I'm going to see if I can put it somehow in this podcast. I don't know if I'll be able to put it on Podbean or not, but we'll try. But you can still see it anyway at BibleTrack.org relating to Daniel chapter 11. Now, what I'm about to read, and yes, I'm going to read every verse. (laughs) Amen. Um, Is you're going to see the four generals, particularly two of them. And the reason is because they fought against each other. The Ptolemies and the Seleucids fought against each other. And Israel, it's like a great football stadium in the Middle East, and Israel was the 50-yard line. And you know how in a football game, uh, the middle of the field, right in the center, gets the most traffic. Man, it is torn up. And that was Israel as the kings in Egypt fought with the kings in Syria and back and forth. Now, these are the kings, Ptolemy the first. Uh, Soter, Ptolemy II, Philadelphus, Ptolemy III, Eurygetes Ptolemy IV, Philopeter, Ptolemy V, Epiphanes, Ptolemy VI, Philometer. Remember all of those. <laughs> they reigned in Egypt as the kings of the south from 323 BC all the way to 145 BC. And then you had the uh, the other general. Remember, there are four generals, but we focus on Ptolemy and saluted the Seleucids because they were they battled back and forth, marching back and forth through Israel to war against each other. The Seleucids were Seleucus the first, Nicator, Antiochus the Sober, Antiochus the second, Theas, Se- Seleucus the second, Callinicus, Seleucus the second, Soter. Antiochus III, the Great, Seleucus IV, Philopater, Antiochus Fourth Epiphanes. They reigned from 312 BC to 163 BC. Remember all of these. You will be tested on this. When <laughs> I'm just joking. Anyway, these are the kings, and this is exactly, we know for sure, this is exactly what happened in history. Now, remember that liberal, unbelieving, so-called scholars reject this as prophecy. And the reason they reject it is they say, there's no way somebody could predict all of this and it'd be 100% accurate. Well, there is if it's God. Amen. And that's what happened. All right. So let's let's go through this. And I'm not going to make a lot of comments on this. We're going to read straight through pretty much verse 5 in chapter 11 and the king of the south shall be strong and one of his princes and he shall be strong above him and have dominion his dominion shall be a great dominion and in the end of the years they shall join themselves together for the king's daughter of the south shall come to the king of the north to make an agreement but she shall not retain the power of the arm neither shall he stand nor his arm but she shall be given up, and they that brought her, and he that begat her, and he that strengthened her in these times. But out of a branch of her root shall one stand up, in his estate state which shall come with an army, and shall enter into the fortress of the king of the north, and shall deal against them, and shall prevail. And shall also carry captives into Egypt, their gods." with their princes and with their precious vessels of silver and gold, and he shall continue more years than the king of the north. So the king of the south shall come into his kingdom and shall return into his own land. But his sons shall be stirred up and shall assemble a multitude of great forces, and one shall certainly come and overflow and pass through. Then shall he return and be stirred up even to his fortress." And the king of the south shall be moved with choler, and shall come forth and fight with him, even with the king of the north. And he shall set forth a great multitude, but the multitude shall be given into his hand. And when he hath taken away the multitude, his heart shall be lifted up, and he shall cast down many ten thousands, but he shall not be strengthened by it. For the king of the north shall return, and shall set forth a multitude greater than the former, and shall certainly come after certain years with a great army and with much riches. And in those times there shall many stand up against the king of the south. Also the robbers of thy people shall exalt themselves to establish the vision, but they shall fall. So the king of the north shall come and cast up a mount and take the most fenced cities, and the arms of the south shall not withstand, neither his chosen people, neither shall there be any strength to withstand. But he that cometh against him shall do according to his own will, and none shall stand before him, and he shall stand in the glorious land. That's Israel now which by his hand shall be consumed. He shall also set his face to enter with the strength of his whole kingdom and upright ones with him. Thus shall he do, and he shall give him the daughter of women, corrupting her, but she shall not stand on his side, neither before him. After this shall he turn his face under the isles, and shall take many, but a prince for his own behalf shall cause the reproach offered by him to cease. Without his own reproach, he shall cause it to turn upon him. Verse 19, Then he shall turn his face toward the fort of his own land, but he shall stumble and fall and not be found. Then shall stand up in his estate a raiser of taxes and the glory of the kingdom. But within days he shall be destroyed." neither in anger nor in battle. And this king in verse 20 was assassinated. So that's how that was fulfilled. All right. Now, thank you for hanging with me. Many people would skip what we read. But if you take out your world history books and you get out that chart that you can find at BibleTrack.org relating to Daniel 11, you will find that the Ptolemies and the Seleucids rampage back and forth over and over for for a long long time fighting it out and poor israel suffered through all of it right in the middle (laughs) this was yet future to daniel but as we look back it is historical to us and god gave daniel that prophecy in minute detail if even one thing had not gone as Daniel had predicted, then we would know that it was not a prophecy from God. But every single thing was fulfilled just as prophesied. And I can't think of another prophecy like that in the Bible. There may be one. So I'll give you a homework assignment. You read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. And if uh, Genesis to Revelation, if you find it, let me know. There may be one. I can't remember one. So definitely an outstanding prophetic chapter we're in. Now, so we've seen um, Ahasuerus that was uh, Xerxes, and we know he's uh, Daniel's even serving under Cyrus the king, but we've seen uh, Ahasuerus. We have seen Alexander the Great, Now we're going to see someone called Antiochus IV Epiphanes. Basically, he thought he was all that and a bag of chips. Let me tell you. That's how we would say it in Memphis. Verse 21. Now, here's what I want you to wrap your heart and mind around. We're going to read about things that Antiochus IV Epiphanes, that means the Magnificent, but the Jews called him Antiochus Epimenes, which meant the madman. <laughs> I love that. Antiochus IV, Epiphanes, is did all of these things historically, but he foreshadows in a he foreshadows the Antichrist, the one I called in this episode Antichrist Superstar that's coming in the future who will literally fulfill all of this, and I mean to an immensely greater degree. You got that? Remember, often prophecy has a near fulfillment and a later fulfillment, and that's exactly what we see right here. So this is a historical king as we look back, and he, he was harsh and brutal on the people of God, definitely foreshadowing the coming antichrist so let's read about this antiochus the fourth Epiphanes, verse 21 and in his estate shall stand up a vile person this is antiochus the fourth Epiphanes. and in his estate shall stand up a vile person to whom they shall not give the honor of the kingdom but he shall come in peaceably and obtain the kingdom by flatteries so this guy talked his way into the kingship. And you know what? That's exactly what the antichrist is going to do in the future. He's going to promise peace and prosperity, you know, two chickens in every pot, three cars in the garage. It's just going to be great and peace is going to be everywhere and justice is going to roll down like waters and people are going to buy into it. He will be a political superstar. Well, Antiochus fourth Epiphanes, this is how this guy, this historical king, came to power. Verse 22, And with the arms of a flood shall they be overflown from before him and shall be broken, yea, also the prince of the covenant. And after the league made with him, he shall work deceitfully, for he shall come up and shall become strong with a small people. He shall enter peaceably even upon the fattest places of the province, and he shall do that which his fathers have not done, nor his fathers' fathers. He shall scatter among them the prey and spoil and riches. Yea, and he shall forecast his devices against the strongholds even for a time, And he shall stir up his power and his courage against the king of the south with a great army. And the king of the south shall be stirred up to battle with a very great and mighty army, but he shall not stand, for they shall forecast devices against him. Yea, they that feed of the portion of his meat shall destroy him, and his army shall overflow And many shall fall down slain. And both of these kings' hearts shall be to do mischief. And they shall speak lies at one table. Man, is that ever true? You know, like peace negotiations. But it shall not prosper. For yet the end shall be at the time appointed. Then shall he return into his land with great riches and his heart shall be against the holy covenant, and he shall do exploits and return to his own land. At the time appointed, he shall return and come toward the south, but it shall not be as the former or as the latter. For the ships of Chittim, this would be the Roman navy now that came to help the the Ptolemaic king of Egypt, Against this uh, Syrian king Antiochus the Fourth Epiphanes, for the ships of Chittim shall come against him; therefore he shall be grieved and return and have indignation against the holy covenant. So shall he do. He shall even return and have intelligence with them that forsake the holy covenant. And arms shall stand on his part, and they shall pollute the sanctuary of strength, and shall take away the daily sacrifice, and they shall place the abomination that maketh desolate. And such as do wickedly against the covenant shall he corrupt by flatteries, but the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits." And they that understand among the people shall instruct many, yet they shall fall by the sword and by flame, by captivity and by spoil many days. Now when they shall fall, they shall be hoping, or, or helped, they shall be hoping with a little help, but many shall cling to them with flatteries, and some of them of understanding shall fall to try them and to purge and to make them white even to the time of the end because it is yet for a time appointed. Wow. Now, that was Antiochus Epiphanes. So he is foreshadowing the one we're about to read about now. Now, it's still, this is where you got to hang with me. In verses 36 through 45, um, and even into chapter 12, we're still talking about Antiochus IV Epiphanes, but it is specifically in these verses where he foreshadows Antichrist superstar. So, what we've seen so far is Antiochus IV Epiphanes. Basically he he made an alliance with the with the Jewish people who weren't really worshiping God against the Jewish people who were worshiping God and he set up an altar of Zeus in the in the temple in the holy of holies and later he even sacrificed a pig on the altar in the temple in Jerusalem and this this completely made it desolate, contaminated spiritually, the temple. And the Jewish people were divided into the the liberals that did not believe God and, you know, feathered their nests while, while the getting was good and all that. And those who loved the Lord and tried to do the right thing. And it was great suffering. Often, unbelieving liberal so-called Bible scholars try to say that all of the prophecies about the Antichrist really were fulfilled by Antiochus IV Epiphanes, but they weren't. <laughs> now, let's go to verse 36 in chapter 11 of Daniel. And remember, these are still things that Antiochus Fourth Epiphanes did But the Antichrist superstar is going to literally fulfill these to an uh, amazingly immense degree greater. I hope I made that clear. And by the way, if it's not clear to you, you will be in good standing because Daniel did not understand all of this either. And I'm not sure how much of it I deeply understand, but we're doing our best, all right? Now, let's see Antichrist superstar in verse 36. And the king shall do according to his will, and he shall exalt himself. Who are we supposed to exalt, by the way? God. Amen. Well, he shall exalt himself and magnify himself above every god, and shall speak marvelous things against the god of gods, and shall prosper till the indignation be accomplished. For that that is determined shall be done. Neither shall he regard the God of his fathers, nor the desire of women, nor regard any God, for he shall magnify himself above all. Now, Antiochus IV Epiphanes was a pretty proud dude that God brought down to size, but even he uh, used a pagan god, Zeus. So Antichrist is going to take it to the nth degree. You see where we're going with this? Verse 38. But in his estate shall he honor the God of forces, you know, like military power and might. And a God whom his fathers knew not shall he honor with gold and silver and with precious stones and pleasant things. And that may here be referring to Satan. <laughs> he worships Satan, this Antichrist, right? Verse 39. Thus shall he do in the most strongholds with a strange God, whom he shall acknowledge and increase with glory, and he shall cause them to rule over many, and shall divide the land for gain. And at that time of the end shall the king of the south push at him. Now this in the future may still be Egypt. And the king of the north shall come against him like a whirlwind. This may refer to um, uh other nations north of israel that will attack him or even to russia we don't really know and um so we so uh let's go back and read 40 again at that time or at and at the time of the end shall the king of the south push at him and the king of the north shall come against him like a whirlwind with chariots and with horsemen and with many ships And he shall enter into the countries and shall overflow and pass over. He shall enter into the glorious land and many countries shall be overthrown. Now the glorious land is Israel, right? But these shall escape out of his hand, even Edom and Moab and the chief of the children of Ammon. That would be what we might call today Jordan. And it's believed that this is an area that the the remnant of the Jewish people during the Great Tribulation will flee to for divine protection as the Jewish race, uh, as as the Antichrist attempts to exterminate the Jewish race in the future to us. Now, I think you could see that like, hey, wait a minute, Antiochus IV Epiphanes, he didn't do all of this stuff. Well, that's the point. He did... He did all the stuff we read before up to verse 35. But these are things that that really, and I misstated it a moment ago, but let me make this clear. These really refer to the Antichrist because these are things to a degree and so forth that he did not do, especially uh, the parts we're reading now. So uh, anyway, hang with me on this. So... Let's go to verse 42. He shall stretch forth his hand also upon the countries, and the land of Egypt shall not escape. But he shall have power over the treasures of gold and of silver and over all the precious things of Egypt. You know, Egypt has wealth that people haven't even discovered yet. He's going to take it. But he shall have power over the treasures of gold and of silver and over all the precious things of Egypt. And the Libyans and the Ethiopians shall be at his steps. So they're going to be, I think this means they will be allied with the Antichrist. Verse 44, But tidings out of the east and out of the north shall trouble him. Therefore he shall go forth with great fury to destroy and utterly to make away many. And he shall plant the tabernacles of his palace between the seas and the glorious holy mountain. Yet he shall come to his end, and none shall help him. Now, that verse 45 is a a great verse right here. And here's why. He's going to plant the tabernacles of his palace, like his headquarters, between the seas and the glorious holy mountain where well, the glorious holy mountain is the temple mount where the future temple of Israel will be built and did you know that the temple institute are which are orthodox Jewish people they say that they have every single thing ready and in place and they think they know exactly where the ark of the covenant is is hidden under the temple mount so that when the time comes the temple can be rebuilt and this antichrist superstar one of the things he's going to do to deceive the jewish people is in some way it is going to be possible for possible for them to rebuild the jewish temple And then, when it's built, he's going to go into it and proclaim that the whole world should worship him because he is God. So he's going to turn on the Jewish people. But notice, and he shall plant the tabernacles of his palace between the seas and the glorious holy mountain. Well, what seas are we talking about here? Well, the Mediterranean and the Dead Sea. His headquarters are going to be in Israel. But notice I just love this how God deals with the antichrist at the end. And we see this, I think it's every time. It's just like he's just obliterated instantly. <laughs> there's not old oh, there's not a long protracted drawn out battle like we think of it where you know is God going to win or what, you know is this in doubt. It's just done. I love that. Yet he shall come to his end, and none shall help him. <laughs> so if you're lining up with the Antichrist, you need to really think that over. Now, let's go into Daniel 12, and let's finish this out. And at that time shall Michael stand up. Now, this is the angel, the, one of the chief prince angels, good angel that helps protect the people of god and at that time shall michael stand up the great prince which standeth for the children of thy people and there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation even to that same time and at that time shall thy people thy people shall be delivered everyone that shall be found written in the book in many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt and they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament like, you know like stars in the heavens and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever you know you can you can be somebody who turns people to righteousness by sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And God values that highly. Verse 4. But now, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book, even to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro. And that, that either means, uh, you know, faster travel, but it may also mean that their eyes run to and fro searching the scriptures many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall be increased so this could even refer to the explosion of knowledge where knowledge doubles it seems like every day or it could refer to the the insight that will be revealed into these things we've read at the end when these things are upon people But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book, even to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. Then I, Daniel, looked, and behold, there stood other two, the one on this side of the bank of the river and the other on that side of the bank of the river. And one said to the man clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the river, How long shall it be to the end of these wonders? And I heard the man clothed in linen which was upon the waters of the river when he held up his right hand and his left hand unto heaven and swear by him that liveth forever that it shall be for a time, times, and in half. So that's a year, two years, and a half a year. So it's three and a half years. And when he shall have accomplished to scatter the power of the holy people, all these things shall be finished. And I heard, but I understood not. Then said I, O my Lord, what shall be the end of these things? And he said, Go thy way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. Many shall be purified and made white and tried, but the wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. And from the time that the daily sacrifice shall be taken away, and the abomination that maketh desolate set up, There shall be a thousand two hundred and ninety days. Blessed is he that waiteth and cometh to the thousand three hundred five and thirty days. But go thou thy way to the end be, for thou shalt rest and stand in thy lot at the end of the days. Now, what is this abomination of desolation? Well, let's let the Lord Jesus Christ tell us. In Matthew 24, verses 15 to 22, Jesus talks about this, proving, since he talked about this after after Antiochus IV Epiphanes lived, that this abomination of desolation that the Antichrist is going to do is yet future. Do you understand what I just said? If you don't, rewind this and listen again. Jesus is talking about what we call the tribulation. It's the 70th week of Daniel. If you remember our previous episodes, 70 weeks are determined upon God's people, the Jewish people. 69 of those prophetic weeks have been historically fulfilled. That's 483 years because those are weeks of years. Okay? If you don't get it, go back and listen to those previous episodes. But there's still missing seven years, the 70th week. That's what the tribulation period is when God once again deals directly with the Jewish people in the time of Jacob's trouble. And the worst part of that is the last half, the last three and a half years, there will be a treaty made by this Antichrist superstar who is received as the Messiah of the Jewish people. And the temple will be rebuilt. But at some point, he will set up this image of himself. And you can read about that in the book of the Revelation. But he sets up this image of himself and demands the worship and enforces the worship of the world. Okay? And this is this is the abomination of desolation. Now listen to what Jesus says predicting this and you'll understand it better Matthew 24 15 to 22 and by the way liberal unbelieving scholars try to relate this to when the Romans uh, took over Jerusalem in 70 AD and destroyed the temple nice try but that's wrong this is in the prophetic future. Matthew 24, 15 to 22. When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place, whoso readeth, let him understand. Then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains, nor ever shall be, and except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved, but for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. So we see that this is something that's completely unique in history that that hasn't been fulfilled in the past, but will definitely be fulfilled in the future. That's antichrist superstar. And when the Jewish people living in Jerusalem and around Jerusalem at that time see that, they are to get out of Dodge. And the, and the believing remnant will, and they will flee to the east to God's divine protection. Now the apostle Paul wrote about this same thing in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verses one through 12. Paul writes here, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him. That's that's the rapture of the church, which for Christians is the very next thing on God's prophetic calendar. So he says that ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. So the the judgment day is the second coming as we commonly think of it, can't happen until what we're about to read happens. Verse 4, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Remember ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things? And now ye know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time, For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth, or it means like prevents or hinders, only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. And we believe that when the church is raptured out of the world, that the Antichrist will have full freedom to do his thing. All right? Verse 8, And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause... God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. Now, in the Greek, it's believe the lie. There's a definite article before the word lie. So, I think this means that the world in general will believe the lie that this Antichrist is God, and they will love and worship and serve him willingly. Verse 12, that they all might be damned. Who believe not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Now, man, give yourself another gold star because you stayed with me all the way through this. You know what? Even though there's a, there's a lot that I don't understand and you don't understand, and I may not have even done it well, you now know a hundred percent more than almost anybody you know about this. Some of you who are listening. You know that if the rapture of the church were to happen this afternoon, you would not be going because you are not a Christian. And you need Jesus Christ. I'm going to give you a phone number. You call this number today as soon as you stop listening and talk to somebody about how to be saved so that you do not go through this awful tribulation period. Here's the number, 877 877- 877 247 2426. One more time, 877 247 2426. You see, with Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can know for certain how your eternity will turn out. Instead of following Satan and the Antichrist and being condemned to an eternal hell, you can follow Jesus Christ and be welcome into heaven and eternity with God. Maybe you'd rather chat with somebody. Go to chataboutjesus.com and you can chat with someone about your spiritual questions, how to become a Christian, how to witness as a Christian, whatever you might need in the spiritual area. Well, thank you so much for listening today. Uh, You've been a real trooper to get this far. And uh, pray for me. It's not easy to explain all of this. Now, we stayed in Daniel for several weeks on the prophetic sections. I wish we'd have done the whole book now, but we did all the prophetic sections so I can set up talking about topics in Bible prophecy of what's next. But now you have a foundation, a basis for better understanding what we're going to see in the future. Well, listen, tell other people to follow and subscribe, and I want you to do that, to This Week in the Word, found at dredhill.podbean.com. Share this by sharing the episode you're listening to right now from Podbean, and um, tell other people about it. Send out an email or a text. Put it on Twitter. That'll irritate a lot of people. Let people know about this because their eternal destiny things in the balance. God bless you. I'll see you on the next episode.